0: Everybody, this is John at Ubali Reports, the one website that provides and podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether globally or domestically. And with me is my two two good friends and co-host, Joe Bitts, retired combat Marine from Iraq, and a veteran Marine, Ray Krause. How's it going, Joe and Ray? Oh, doing all right. How about you? We're doing good. We're doing good. I mean, the one thing I wanted to do on this one... I was. Every week I kind of think of what are we going to talk about, and there's a slew of things to talk about. I
1: mean, I mean, okay, we can talk
0: about classified documents, or we can talk about... Yeah, I mean, okay, let's begin to just... to oh, let's, go, let's go with the topic. And okay, we'll we can swing it back to the other one. But what I wanted to talk about was, was wokeism in America. And it seems like, I mean, if you define wokeism, it's just an individual who is offended by everything, and they look at everything through the guise of racism, or how it offends them, or they're basically a victim. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that in all phases. Well, what that? It how just that? I think it was always there, but it just seems now it's gotten... What kind of prompted you to talk about this tonight? Because I follow, um, as most people know, I follow Jonathan Turley, who's a constitutional scholar from George Washington, mm-hmm. and he He's a liberal, but he leans, excuse me, he's liberal, but he can put his liberal beliefs aside and look at things from the law. And every day he writes, if not every day or every other day, he always writes about how colleges are against or trying to suppress free speech for content that they don't like. And he made a comment. He goes, you can support the First Amendment, but you're against free speech. And they did a survey, and I can't remember who did it, but they looked at some of the, between 60 and 100 of all the universities, major universities across the country, and almost all of them have no conservative or libertarian-leaning professors. They're all one side. And I think we've always been there, like um, you take Yale Law School during the Kavanaugh hearings. Now, whatever you think about Kavanaugh, whether he was guilty or not, but the Yale Law School sent its students down to um, protest the Kavanaugh hearings because they believed he was guilty. Yeah. And my question to Yale Law School is, guilty based off what? He was, You're innocent until proven guilty. You already had him guilty in a court of law. So my question is, what are you teaching your students that if you don't like somebody, they're just guilty, they don't need them? And maybe it was in the era of Donald Trump where everybody just despises the guy so much that they, they're looking past a lot of things. And you have what's going on with Twitter. When Elon Musk bought Twitter, everybody's head exploded, and now he's releasing documents that show the collusion between the Democrats and almost every agency in our federal government to suppress the rights of citizens to hear different viewpoints. The Hunter Biden laptop is a prime example. And they use the term disinformation Mm -hmm. in a cavalier way because what is disinformation? I don't want to hear what you have to say if you go against like Anthony Fauci or against science. So with the wokeism,
1: I mean, we can always talk about Disney. Wokeism kind of affected Disney.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. And then what about um,
1: now it kind of prompted a new CEO or prompted the old CEO to come
0: that woke-ism, or are they going to put that to the wayside, uh, th- or? We'll have to see, because corporations got caught up in it. They just succumbed to this pressure from one side that if you don't do certain things, like even Al Sharpton, he um, pushed companies to support this equity, diversity, and inclusion. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you get a protest. So a lot of companies succumb to the mob rule. And they look at everything like... I've known individuals who believe that if an, uh, someone who's of a, a racial minority sect, black, Hispanic mainly, that you can never get ahead. You're always a victim. And they're teaching, like, critical race theory. And critical race theory spawned out of the 19, late 1960s, 1970s, where a few African-American and other scholars wondered why black achievement that rose so much in the 60s, plateaued or regressed from that and what they did they came to the conclusion it had to be america is systemically racist and then you have you know mayor de blasio when he was the mayor of new york wanted to get away from these high-performing schools that you had to take a test to get in and he found out a lot of my um, african americans and hispanics are not getting into these schools but instead of looking and asking the question, why? Maybe because their K-12 through system that they go to is subpar. They just looked at it, oh, it had to be because of race. That's the answer.
1: Is, okay, you know, when it comes to wokeism, there's a lot of people are trying to be, um, I guess, social justice warriors. And a lot of those people seem to be on the white
0: side. Well, they they come to they seem to be, they come from... This white progressive elite. Okay. So let's
1: go with that for a second. And do you think they're doing more damage when it comes to race relations than good?
0: No, they are doing more damage because when you look at two groups, whether you're white, uh African American, Hispanic, or Asian, when you're always seeing yourself as a victim, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. you're always seen as a victim. Now, is America well, what if other people- Well, it, but here's the point where it gets to be damaging. If you look at everything through the, the guise of you're a victim, when you have medical schools across the country say we got to include diversity, equity, and inclusion, when we have to do everything through those guys, there was a professor that was told, very prominent professor, I think it was at Harvard, he said, You need, you need to look at everything through the guise of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Even a professor out at UCLA, he was told by one some of his students that you need to not grade african americans or black students um you need to down, you need to make so let me to state, a standard. standard you need to d- lessen how you grade them and he's like well how do i know if someone's black white or, or comes from whatever mm-hmm. when this is an online course okay. so you're saying and what they're saying is we got to drop the standards for some of these individuals to, to to succeed, so what does that do if you drop the standards to get into law school, which they said they want to eliminate the LSAT scores to get in? Well, I mean,
1: edu- well race and education being one thing, we talked to one of our, well, one of my kids' tutors about when it comes to uh, minority students, um,
0: they get pushed ahead; they don't, they won't hold them back. No, they don't in any classes. It's like the, is, that, they, is that more damaging? Or is well, it more is helpful? more damage because you're not helping the students. And the latest um, national report, I think it was the Educational Assessment, came out in October, and they calculated over the COVID lockdowns. America lost one full year of, uh, of schooling for these kids. A lot of kids lost. The reading scores dropped between 4 and 8%. Math scores dropped about that. Mm-hmm. It was already bad before. And before the pandemic, and I know I've mentioned this many times on this program, that 70% of African American and Hispanic children are deficient at grade level. But instead of addressing why they go to these schools, like you have um, Governor Lake in Arizona. She wants to end the school choice program in, in Arizona. What that means is the money that the state allocates for public education, if you decide to send your kid to a private school or, or a charter school or another school that you deem is best fit for your child, that money should follow you. She wants to end it. Mm-hmm. So you're in this all over the country and in California specifically. They're given special preference to certain groups over others. And right now there's a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. I think that's already been argued or will be argued that. It was um, Asian American students are suing Harvard and I want to say um, the University of North Carolina about racial preferencing because they said if everything is equal, if they find out that that one student is Asian, they get downgraded more than somebody who's black or Hispanic. But they don't look and ask why are blacks and Hispanic, I mean, blacks and Hispanic not succeeding. And a lot of times these kids go to, Low-performing schools, and they're not helping them. And then you've got then the other thing to duct tail off this. The other thing that's huge is this progressive ideology regarding trans and LGBTQ. Because yeah, I mentioned that because I mean, race, focusing on race and wokeism
1: is one thing, but another uh, area where they're trying to be woke is by introducing the LGBT community.
2: So Ray, what do you got? Uh, Political Latino one said, "Cite your source regarding, um, I guess, everything you're talking about." Well, I
0: mean, only, uh, well, the the th- okay. <laughs> the cite the source, I guess, from which you. Okay, I know from the educational standpoint. Yeah. Just from California alone, I can go to the Department of Education for the state of California. Said prior to the pandemic. of blacks and Hispanic students were deficient at grade level in math and English. Mm -hmm. Then if you look at the national, I think it's the National Educational Assessment that came out in October, said about the same thing, and it's up to 80%. The Los Angeles Unified School District had a report that was leaked to the media and showed 80% of black and Hispanic students were deficient at grade level in math and and English. And if you talk about the wokeism and free speech, You can look at all the university, any poll that came out or any surveys that came out showed there's really not a lot of diversity in thought. And what I mean by that, you have more liberal and progressive instructors who are free to say what they want, but if you're a conservative or libertarian, there's very few professors who are espousing that. Now, if you're a student, I want both sides of the equation. I remember I was teaching at a substituting it at a prep school, and there was one girl that supported Hillary, one, girl, one boy that supported okay. Donald Trump, and they asked me, who do you support? And I said, you should know who I support. I told both, do you support your candidate? He goes, yes. Well, debate it, not off emotion. Maybe you learned something that maybe you didn't research your topic or she or he or she may have said something that you need to go back and do your research to make sure that your point – is, your argument is stronger. That's how we learn. When I was in college, that's how I learned.
1: Well, I think, uh, so, uh, was a political, Latino, does bring up a good point, and I think we can go around a room and talk about this, but what's your what's your definition or your idea of wokeism? So, John, we'll go first, me, well, then I Ray. I,
0: I look at it as you use, the wokeism as you use everything you look at is through the guise of, you're a victim, that everything has a racial or, some type of social aspect that somebody wronged you and you are a victim and you're always looking at yourself as a victim and you never look at it in a different way. And that's all you see is everything is that you're a victim. You can never succeed because somebody wronged you.
1: Well, uh, from my point of view, it'd be almost political correctness in a sense where... Um, if you are offending somebody at a at a minor level or like a um like yeah like a minimum le- minimal level that anybody will take offense to it and kind of defend that even though that's not the majority of maybe what people think. So what about you, Ray? I,
2: I think it has a little bit to do with political correctness. I also think it really has that victim mentality. And actually I, I think what we're watching is people use that vic- victim mentality to actually advance to certain uh, spots no, and jobs.
0: No, I would agree. But um, we also are seeing if you can't have a different point of view than somebody else. Right. If your view is different – we got to attack you. We got to diminish you. We got to have you fired. You got to destroy you.
2: Your whole life is gone.
0: Your whole life is gone. So we got to get out of this yep. victimization. Now they look at, and a lot of this woke-ism goes wokeism goes to American history. Now I love history. American history is dark. Yep. Just like every other country in the world. Now there are positive things of American history, our Constitution, Declaration of Independence. Now they can fault the the, the founders because they owned slaves but you can't look at american history through the guise of what's it like in 2023 now but granted when the declaration of independence was signed in 1776 and then our constitution in 1887 and 1889 when it was finally ratified you can look at they did own slaves but they put together a document that set the tone without the constitution there would have been no civil war and if you look at how their treatment of the American Indians, the Irish, the Italians, everybody had some type of discrimination in the past. Some were worse off than others, especially African, you know, blacks
1: during the Civil War. Well, I think a lot, Indians. a lot of things that we can, kind of came into, especially we're, we're kind of we weren't affected, but kind of close to us was when Disney, uh, the LGBT community came out against Disney or Disney came out against Florida for legislation that they were start trying to pass. Correct. And they, they deemed it the don't say gay bill, Correct. and, and was, it had, that had nothing to do with it, but yet all these uh, people had a motive on our agenda to, in a sense, cancel Florida. <laughs> yeah, because they,
0: the whole point is, it was titled the, the anti-gay bill. There was nothing about anti-gay. There was nothing even mentioned of homosexuality. They just said, do not be teaching this stuff from k through third grade why would you want to teach things about homosexuality or transgender or any of these topics to kindergartens when we should be focusing on the core subject of math science reading all these things that are going to be tangible mm-hmm. spelling
2: your name off the top of the paper it's
0: things that we need <laughs> to learn but when you push an ideology down to a lower level and then you have well, we got going to boycott Florida because we don't like this. I mean, but then it's kind of ironic. Those who want to boycott Florida end up vacationing here in Florida. Like yeah, Ocasio-Cortez is a Pelosi. prime example.
1: <clears throat> so how does uh, maybe like wokeism, how is it affecting our military?
0: Well, I talk to individuals in the military because I work at a law enforcement supply company. We do get military personnel. And I know a lot of people who work at because we have a military base in Tampa called MacDill Air Force Base. And I've talked to people who are in senior-level high command, and I've talked to people who are – I've talked to one special forces operator who had about 10 or 12 years in, and we spend a lot more time, like that one individual I was telling me, telling you about, he spends two hours a day dealing with equity, div, uh, inclusion, and um, whatever, he's dealing with um, inclusion, diversity-type training. Is that going to fight the war? Is that going to help us win the war? No. um...
1: But I secretly think, (laughs) well, us being in a, all of us being in a military background, I think when it comes down from up top, it's just like a check in the box. Like every beginning of the year, you know, we'll have like 15 classes on, you know, sexual harassment, do this, do that. Uh, And I'm pretty sure this is like in there. And I really, I personally don't think the military give a care well, the other when it thing, comes to this. I think they just keep on doing what they are. And I think it's just like, all right, it's January 15th. Everybody get into the classroom. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, just to, it's well, just it a is, check in the box. The other
0: thing is when um, President Truman desegregated the armed forces and now they integrated African-Americans into the military, there was a, there was a lot of problems. And we had issues even going through the civil rights era of the 1960s. But over time it was weeded out once they put tougher standards in. And then everybody over time got away from, we don't look at, I'm not saying we're colorblind yet, but the ideas of what Martin Luther King, considering we just celebrated his his birthday on Monday, Martin Luther King said, I want to be judged by my character, not my skin color. But it seems like today we're reversing what he believed. I think if he came back today, he would be appalled one, it's what's happening to his community, and two, what's happening to his message. We're looking at everybody through the guise of race.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how we look
2: at it, and it's everything's broken down by race too. It's broken
0: down by race. Stats,
2: and graphs.
0: It just and it's wrong, and we're not solving the underlying problems. Like some of the, like California, and there's and this isn't me saying this to that one individual who wanted sources. If oh. you go to how matters if you go to New Geography, which st- st- stipulates state and local uh, and local issues. They said an African American or a Hispanic does far worse in California than they do in Texas, the s- southern states, or Florida. And so, that's supposed to be the most bluest state in the union.
1: So, uh, political Latino, he said racism is, is currently a problem in the military. And I 100% agree with him. And uh, he did claim that to have been an officer in the military. Okay. So, but the onus, but I'm going to say in general, the onus is on him because there is sexual harassment, there's rape, there's assault, there's drugs, there's a whole bunch of stuff in these communities of our military that still go on to this day. And it's the higher ups, i.e. brass, that is not doing anything about it. They're trying to keep it hush-hush, or they, they kind of solve the problem one person at a time using uh, well, UCMJ well, to the, do that. But, but
0: the point that you're making, and I would agree with you, is just like the whole tailhook um, um Scandal. This was in the early, like it was 91 or 92. Tailhook is a, a hook that comes off an airplane when you land on a carrier. Well, there was, they had an association called Tailhook, and it was a bunch of Marine and Naval officers went to Vegas. Some women, naval, you know, military females who were in the military were at that that function. They were in the hotel. And they were forced to go through the gauntlet where they were virtually, almost virtually, sexually assaulted or nearly raped. Mm-hmm. One of them just happened to be the Chief of Naval Operations Staff Secretary. And Secretary not being the traditional man, it's just their assistant. Yeah, She was an officer. She went to, remember, the Chief of Naval Operations is the number one admiral in the military, or at least in the Navy. She goes to him, this is what happened. And he his response was, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. So once he said that, it trivialized it. Now, an example on the other side, I had to teach the sexual assault course when I was on active duty in 2012. My colonel wanted me to ask what ask the females if you've experienced some of this stuff. So I asked, you know, a bunch of females and I got pretty good blunt act cuz they knew that they trusted me that I was going to solve this. Well, there was one female, I said, "Listen, don't read more into this." You're an attractive female. She was part of the FET program, which is in female engagement, female engagement teams that were assigned to the infantry units in Iraq and Afghanistan, this being Afghanistan. So I said, listen, don't read more into this. You're an attractive female. Did you experience any of this when you were at the infantry unit? Because she was assigned to an infantry battalion. And then eventually she was working with the companies. And she said, no, did not experience one thing. I go. Okay, Why was that? It was apparent someone said something. And I think I know what happened. When they were going to be assigned to a battalion, the battalion commander called, and we've all been in infantry battalions, the battalion commander called his battalion together. And he explained, we're going to have FET Marines or female Marines. They got a job to do. This is what they're going to do. Then he probably said this. If any of you think below your belt and do something inappropriate, I'm going to skewer you to the wall.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: then he told his company commanders, and they probably told their their Marines. Well, then the SAR major, which is the senior enlisted to the battalion, he probably had a staff call with all his staff NCOs. And he said, listen, I just want to reiterate what the boss said. If you guys or any of your Marines crosses a line, They better get on their knees and pray to God because he'll have mercy, we won't.
1: Okay. never had a problem. But, but no, yes, maybe you didn't have a problem because everybody was able to keep it hush-hush. I specifically, especially being an infantry unit, and Ray, too, it's just like as soon as you... (laughs) You say to Marines off limits or don't do this or don't do that. You're waving the red flag. You just like, like, is there blood in the water? And you just let the shark, hey, everybody over
0: here. Joe, I would disagree with that. On certain things, I would agree. Yeah, You say don't, like don't go to this club. Someone's going to be in that club. Yeah, But on this one, because it was dealing with female Marines and all the problems they've had, I guarantee it because she even said, and I talked to more than one female on this, when the command p- p- provides the, the, the focus, say, you do this, Yeah, this is what's going to happen, and you don't deviate from that. Mm-hmm. And I think what she said, it was correct, is like it was apparent that so, we were professional, they were professional, but when you know the hammer's coming down, and, and they set the tone, because I've been in units like that, Yeah. On, that on this case, but when the commander said, this is what's... I had one colonel, the one I served with in Afghanistan, best colonel I ever had. He was old school. You did certain things a certain way. He said, do things legally, ethically, and morally. But if you crossed and did something you weren't supposed to do, he had no mercy on you.
1: Yeah. But, and I had
0: another commander, goes by what you said. He'd given, he's given direction, but he was wishy-washy. You never knew, as we call it, as you know the Marines, the right and left lateral limits. You never knew where the, the dividing line is. Yeah. So on a lot of these things, we're always going to have racism. I'm not trying to mitigate that so there's not racism out there in America. There's not sexism. But the way to stop it is if you see it, do something about it. Yeah. Slam it down. But when you look at everything through the guise of racism or the guy that you're a victim, that's all you're always going to be is a victim. And you know, that's where I think we're at. Like even for us, I've been blocked on this TikTok or Facebook or Twitter and other things because someone didn't like what I said. I remember on TikTok, I said something, someone didn't like it, so I found out I was banned for a couple a couple days. Yeah. So. We need to get beyond that, and we need to. And both sides have to stand up to it. But it seems like one side can say what it wants, the other side can't. Mm-hmm. they make the look at during the election. How many times they call Republicans racist? That term always comes out based off what? Well, the,
1: the way it appears to me is that they have a smaller voice, but it's just the media that amplifies it.
0: Well, but the media ampl. But look at the look at the president the president believes this country is systemically racist mm-hmm. he said that numerous times
1: I mean the same president said uh, you're if you're if you don't vote for me then you're not black
0: and this is the same president who said for the, the reason why a lot of african americans and hispanics don't get the vaccine because they don't know how to use the internet <laughs> or the reason why there's not a lot of black and hispanic um business owners because they don't have attorneys his own attorney his own
1: or he didn't even know his own supreme court justice or justice that he uh put in there does doesn't even know how to say her full name
0: <laughs> okay but then the other thing okay but listen to those things i just mentioned did anybody call him out on that no so as one side says something racist you should slam him on it but your side does the same thing and you're quiet. You're eerily quiet.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen a Black Lives Matter protest.
0: I mean, but when you use it like, look at the Jesse Smollett issue. He threw out the charge of racism and homophobic because he was attacked. This was I mean anybody with a, a two minutes of investigative experience would have said, you're out there saying you were claimed that you were attacked by a Trump supporter. This is MAGA country. This is Chicago. It's uh, which is probably 90% Democrat, mm-hmm. you're out at 2 o'clock in the morning during a polar vortex. <laughs> you're holding a sandwich from Subway in your hand, and you never drop the sandwich, and you are fighting off two people. Yeah, Really? And then you had a noose around your neck. I have a friend who I served with who's African American. He said, the first thing I would have done is take the noose off. Mm-hmm. Why did you keep it around your neck for hours?
1: <laughs>
0: but Everybody rushed to judgment. And our media, like you said, is the worst. All I have to tell people is go to the Society for Professional Journalists ethics code. It's like the Hippocratic Oath for Journalists. And the journalistic standard today has been violated on everything.
2: The comments have slowed down.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, it's just... But even to tailoring back to the original thing I was mentioning is look at the Philadelphia Flyer hockey player. He decided – look at the backlash he got because he didn't want to wear a jersey with LGBTQ colors on because that violated his religious belief. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I can – yeah, I agree with him in a certain point. It's like we – I'm accepting of a lot of things, but as soon as you start forcing it on me – but I have that I have that reaction of like I don't want to do this. Well, but
0: see that's what's going on now. We're forced to do things. Yeah, You're forced and if you don't wear something or you don't support or look at the the female soccer player, I think it was from Virginia. She didn't want to kneel for Black Lives Matter. Her coach pressured her and she said I'm not doing it and then she eventually was lost playing time. She was a starter, then she was basically kicked off the team.
2: Look look at the vaccine. Look at what they did to people shaming, you know, bullying, all that just to, just to get a vaccine. that yeah, We don't and, even know that works.
0: Well, here's a point on that. It's going to be my article for next week. President Eisenhower in his farewell address, everybody can remember or know about the be wary of the military industrial complex. But the other thing he said, three paragraphs down, is we need to embrace science, but be wary of science who are trying to push an ideology all to make sure government dollars keep flowing. Here you have Anthony Fauci or Dr. Fauci, head of the NIH, was in charge of billions of dollars. So if you didn't toe the line, your university or your foundation or your research or laboratory wouldn't get any government funding.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Is that what we want? I thought science was supposed to be challenging. When I was in my master's program, you had to be respectful but when someone put a point of view out, you can comment back and forth, but you had to back it up by facts. Yeah, And we're seeing when facts came out, we had Twitter ban one um, Harvard um, epidemiologist because he dared question the vaccination of children or the school lockdowns. Now we're proven right. So is this is what we want that if a science says something, we're supposed to just. Step lock, step, and accept it instead of challenging it. Let me see your facts. Where did you get it? Here are my facts. Challenge my facts.
1: Yep. So, John, how can they go ahead and get a hold of you if they want to challenge your facts?
0: They can get a hold of me by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, definitely on TikTok and check us out. We're always there every Wednesday at 730 in the evening eastern standard time we try to um, answer a lot of questions we apologize you won't see some of our last couple podcasts because we had a problem with our editor we got a new editor so we're going to be posting those so you'll probably get those in the next day or two but keep checking us out at 7:30 eastern standard time every wednesday so i like to turn time over to joe and especially ray ray has some things when he regarding rules by the um Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Some of the rule changes.
1: Let not you go over
2: that, right. So, uh, just what is it? Today's Wednesday. So I believe it was Monday, if I have it correct. It may have been. I think it was Monday. I believe it was Monday. Uh, they, the ATF, who is a enforcement branch, not a legislative branch, uh, decided that they were able to rewrite the rules of the uh, pistol brace. Uh, so, if you have a AR pistol, AK pistol, anything with the pistol brace on it. Uh, right now...